0: The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your hosts, Rob and Ryan. Please welcome to the Talking Buds Podcast.
1: And we're back. Episode 7 of the Talking Buds podcast, our longest delay yet between episodes. Thank you everyone for downloading. I'm Rob, he's Ryan. What is going on everyone? And Ryan, I'm sure like the rest of Leafs Nation, our schedules are completely screwed up by this West Coast road trip and
0: all these ten thirty starts. Yeah, you can tell yourself that you're going to stay up and watch the games, but... Once it hits that like 1130 time, you're just kind of like, Ugh. No, especially I, the was, game. I was fading last night. Yeah, especially last night. You kind of just felt how the game was going and you're like, ah, probably could uh, go to bed right now.
1: That's the beauty of having a PVR Ryan. Anyway, let's let's get into it. The Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team continues. They come out last night and absolutely dominate the Los Angeles Kings granted the Kings are a bad team but as we said on Instagram earlier today good teams take care of business against bad teams and that's exactly what the
0: Leafs did in Los Angeles last night that is exactly what good teams do and if you want to have that record you want to have at the end of the season and stay with those big teams you got to take care of business against one of the worst teams in the league if not the worst team in the league so far the LA Kings are in that Jack Hughes number one overall pick conversation coming out of this season, whether they like it or not.
1: Fascinating, isn't it? Like, it feels like they kind of got old overnight, but then when you actually look at their roster,
0: you're like, eh, no, I see it. Yeah, and and you talk about the bad contracts that they might have signed, but here's another team that had success already, though. Like, they they won their two cups, so really it's, this is the process of... The NHL now, like, at least they had their success, though, and now they're having their issues. I would rather take that than no success and having a ton of issues. So, the Leafs pretty much dominated all game long. Kadri, Potts, too.
1: Tavares, Riley, a Janssen. Janssen, Janssen's goal was on a beauty feed from Travis Dermott, who I thought had one of his best games as a Leaf last night, at least in this season. Um, yeah, it was pretty much like you hate to sit and say like it was boring because they dominated, but it kind of was like they just it was them controlling a bad team for most of of the game, if not the entire game. The only the only hiccup of the game came on the Dion Fanof goal, which was assisted from a beautiful feed up the middle from Igor Ozheganov. Did you see that last night?
0: Yeah, and you got to get over it like, yeah, it was a pizza, but. If you're going to give up pizza, give up a pizza in this game. Don't give it up. It later in the season when you're fighting the the lightning for first place or whatever in the division.
1: The West Coast road trip continues for this week. They're in San Jose tomorrow night and then in Anaheim on Friday. The San Jose game is the consensus pick for like what should be the toughest challenge so far on this road trip. Um any thoughts? going into tomorrow night's game or Friday night's game, Friday night's game. They go in and play good old Randy Carlisle, who whose team is shockingly getting outshot a
0: thousand to one every night. Yeah. Classic Randy team.
1: But any, uh, any thoughts on the next two games of this West coast road trip before we talk about other stuff?
0: Yeah. I think the, the sharks game is definitely the game that is the most challenging based on where they are in the standings and the amount of skill level that the sharks have, but they're not exactly out to, uh, crazy hot start either um they're expecting more out of a lot of their players they're another team that's getting a little bit older even though they do have some pretty good young players but anaheim is just and like i i expect that i expect to win out of anaheim but tomorrow night if they go two on one two and one on this trip then you got to take that for what its well is. it's been over a week since our last episode and since then we
1: saw a garrett spark start saturday night in boston you got to think Sparks is going to get the Friday night game coming up in Anaheim.
0: Yeah, and he's got to get back in there ASAP because Saturday he he was flopping all over the net.
1: Where are we at with Garrett Sparks as a, as the backup goalie of this team? Granted, like being the backup goalie of the Maple Leafs is never going to be an easy task for anyone just simply because Freddie's going to get the lion's share of the starts. But I don't know, man. I watched that game on Saturday night against the Bruins and... This is a team that, when they get running around in their own zone, is going to need that big save to keep them in. And they just, he just couldn't provide them with that the other night. And you could see them wilt when they needed the save. Usually, when they need the save, Freddie makes it and it kind of gives them like a jolt and they go flying back the other way. But, Sparks just couldn't make it the other night against the Bruins, and it ultimately sunk them, and I agree. He's got to get back in there sooner rather than later, and he'll probably get in there on Friday night. Well, I guess he has to get in there on Friday night against Anaheim.
0: Well, he's been a fish out of water this whole season to me in the net. He got that one win against the Kings earlier this season. The Kings aren't exactly a high-scoring, high-powered offense, so you can make that argument, but in that Chicago game, and that Boston game, you just watch him. He's he's just all over the net, dude. He's, he doesn't look comfortable. And I don't know if you can even like try to think of an alternative option for backup right now because they don't have anyone left, really. Like He's the guy. He's got to go in there, and he's got to get better. And he has a chance to do it sooner rather than later, which if I'm a goalie, I'm super happy about. You'd rather get back in there sooner other than let it fester and you're you're not playing for another month but backup goalie in the national hockey league is such a tough job you have to be ready to go like there's no set time it's just okay you're going in tonight and no matter how hard it is to be successful they need him to be ready for those games and right now he just looks like he's just so out of place in the net Yeah, he's a really
1: polarizing guy. Like with the fan base, I noticed, like people are on opposite ends of the spectrum with him. Like you're either somebody who is like, he had a lights out year for the Marlies last year. He deserves the spot. He should be up there. He has potential to be a starter in this league, maybe. Like let's stick with him. He's not getting enough starts, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got the other side of the spectrum where people are like, you know, when Scott Darling comes back in Carolina, don't be surprised if the Leafs, look to pick up McElhaney again. So I'm kind of in the middle. I don't really know what Sparks is. One thing I do know is the coach
0: is not a fan of Garrett Sparks. I just feel like it's the nature of the position. Like you you see a goaltender, no matter if it's your starting goaltender or your backup goaltender, when you see a goaltender in the net not stopping pucks, then everyone's going to have a problem with it. We, we could make up all everything he's done in the A is in the past, man. Like we can all look back what he did in the A and try to rationalize why he could be a great goalie in the league. But those days are over. He's in the league now. He just has to prove that he can stop pucks at this level because right now he's not proving it. I know he, I know he only has three games, but this is the nature of being a backup goalie. Like you don't get many opportunities. So when you do... It takes a special guy to rise up and he's got to learn how to do that because he's not getting the starting position anytime soon, man. So he's better adjust quick or they might go and find someone else. Who knows? I know that you're right. I know the coach is probably pissed.
1: No, well, he's he doesn't. I don't think he likes him. And he, he he's an interesting guy, like as a person too. Garrett Sparks, like he's he's a very candid, honest guy. People are always quick to criticize athletes, particularly hockey players, for giving the static, well, you know, obviously uh, we played really hard and they've got a good team over there and we got a good team over here, like, type answer. So I do appreciate the honesty. However, he did come off a little strange with the basically just showering praise on the Bruins saying like, you know, the, that line, that one particular line is just unbelievable. I have the hardest shot I've ever seen. but So I don't think he helped his case with Babcock the other night being that honest.
0: But we, we criticize, I'm never going to criticize a hockey player for being too honest because we criticize them for not being honest enough. And then they turn around and they show a little bit of honesty. And we're the first people to go, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, that's not the norm. that that's That's kind of weird that he would say something like that. Oh no, I I agree. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and and worry about his comments. Garrett Sparks needs to worry about one thing, and that is stopping a puck, stopping a puck, not letting in bad goals, being calm in your net. Just worry about that. Don't worry about the media. I know it's impossible in Toronto. Like I love all these hockey players that are. Yeah, we don't really check the standings. And you look back at that Ottawa Senators Uber driver video, anyone who hasn't watched it, I suggest you go watch it, and they're clearly running down all the stats. And it's like, yeah, sure sure. you guys don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure that's the case. So, Garrett Sparks, all you need to worry about, buddy, I know you're a bit of a whipping boy right now, but just worry about stopping pucks. Let's use his
1: comments about that Bruins top line to transition into our next topic, which is the Leafs' two, of two biggest opponents in their division. The Bruins and the Lightning. Let's start with the Bruins. I just feel like after the playoff series last year, they just have, like, it looks like they are having, David Pasternak in particular, looks like he is having the most fun when he's out there against the Leafs. Do you think the Bruins... It looks like they have so much confidence playing them. Like they just, even if we go down three goals, we can come back and beat this team. And they play with that sort of confidence when they're out there. I just, that's that's the vibe I got the other night
0: is it's like, I really don't, I'm not sure if they want to run into this team again in the post season. The Bruins are just, it's it's so hard to figure out because it, it's not just last year. It's been the past couple of years where you felt like every time the Leafs would go into their barn or come to ours, that something bad was going to happen. And they were pretty successful against them in the regular season last year and the year before. But when the games start to matter, the Bruins do dominate them. That first line, they just have toughness. They have scoring ability. Patrice Bergeron is a perennial selkie winner, best defensive forward in the league. And that top line just, I think they get in their head. I think they're in their head at this point. And it's going to be, I don't want to see Tampa Bay either, though. That's the problem. It, it, it's pick your poison, really.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, they. I. I. that's a good way of putting it. I think they are in the Leafs' head for sure. And it looks like it. The Leafs play like the Bruins are in their head. And the Bruins play like they're in the Leafs' head. But yeah, you're right. And you look at the other side of the coin, and that's Tampa. It's like they are dominating the league right now, along with the Nashville Predators. And it's like, do you really want to run up against them in the first round? No.
0: Yeah, I think you go through Tampa Bay's team line for line, and we always talk about how the Leafs have so much scoring depth and how they could fill the net with pucks, but you're playing another team that's better than you at that or very similar to you at that and have a number one defenseman who is a Norris candidate and a deeper decor in general. In Boston, on the other hand, they pretty much got a first line and a decent second line. So I think if you're looking ahead on playoff matchups, like who who would you rather play in the first round? We decide right now if the playoffs started tomorrow. Who would you rather see them play? Well, it's another polarizing topic, right? Because you kind of,
1: there's people who are in the camp of the Bruins play a heavy physical style that leans on the Leafs and they expose how small and quite frankly, weak the Leafs team is. So do you, do you want to go up against that where you're getting pushed around? Cause th- that happened in that playoff series last year, right? Like they got pushed around for seven games, like just pushed off the puck, losing battles in the corners, the list goes on, right? So Do you want to look at it and say, okay, on paper, the Leafs are more skilled than Boston and could potentially use that to their advantage over a seven-game series? Or do you look at the Lightning and say, the Lightning are a less physical, more run-and-gun style team, so if you're the Leafs, do you say, all right, we're going to try and win 7-6 every night in this playoff series? Like I think the Lightning style is more tailored to how the Leafs want to play. I agree with you that... They have just as much offensive depth, definitely more defensive depth. And the goaltending could go either way between the Lightning and the Leafs. But I think the Lightning play more of that run-and-gun skill style that is tailored, better suited for the Leafs.
0: Their first line with Stamkos, Kucherov, JT Miller, and then following up with Braden Point. Tyler Johnson and Yanni Gord, I feel like those two first lines cancel out the Leafs' first two lines. Maybe better, because the names Brayden Point and Yanni Gord and Tyler Johnson, yeah, they're not household names, but these are guys who have just as many points as John Tavares and Mitch Marner do, or will be in the same range as them by the end of the season. And then Boston, if you shut down that first line, then you can have success. And I feel like last year, they didn't play their best series and they still got to seven games and they were up in that game seven. They were up at one point. Kasperi Kapanen beat out Marchand to that puck on the penalty kill. i never forget it and scored that unbelievable goal. Unbelievable goal. And I just feel like if the Leafs just shut down that first line, they have a chance. You shut down that first line, you win. I feel like Tampa Bay... Just too many weapons. So I think I would go with Boston if the playoffs were to start tomorrow.
1: Well, all this is assuming they don't win the division. Like you've got, I've got the standings right here in front of me. They're a point back of the Lightning. The Lightning have 25 points. The Leafs have 24. And then the Bruins
0: and Sabres are right behind the Leafs at 22. And then the Habs are there at 21. Yeah, the Sabres are an interesting team too. Like you can't really sleep on them. We The Leafs haven't even seen them yet. I almost forgot they were in the division. Yeah, I know. So there. So this is a long way from over. We got a oh, long, long way to go. go. Long way, long, long, long way.
1: Right. So we're we're like this whole conversation is hypothetical, just based on who, like I said, the consensus two teams are that the Leafs will be there with at the end of the year. But you're right. Don't sleep on the Sabers. I feel like the talent level will eventually catch up with the Habs, but don't sleep on the Sabers. I agree with you. The Leafs oh never play well in that barn either what's up everybody thank you so much for downloading the show don't forget to give us a follow on instagram at talking buds podcast on twitter at talking buds pod you can download the show on itunes stitcher youtube and tune in spread the word tell your friends we really appreciate all the support thanks
0: now let's get back to the toronto maple leaf podcast for all the buds this is the talking buds podcast
1: Ryan, there's no way to avoid it this week. We're coming up on the big decision day for William Nylander. We talked about it. Every episode of the show so far, we talked about it. You can't not talk about it. I know everyone is, is like just waiting for a decision and waiting for something to happen with this. Do you trade him? If you can't sign him, do you trade him? Or do you make him sit for the rest of the year? There's been all kinds of, takes this last week, because we're getting closer on, on each, where are you at with this? Like, I, I want to know, because it, it is, it. it's kind of, this is another pick-your-poison situation. I don't like trading them, but you also don't want to sit them for a year. So where where are you at with this?
0: I feel like this fans' perspective of, of this whole thing has just been, the longer this goes on, and the longer we don't see William Nylander play hockey, it's just... Your opinion of him just slowly, 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 slowly starts to be more on the negative side of William Nylander. Right? Right? You're, you're kind of just over it. I feel like fans in Toronto Maple Leaf Nation is just over this whole William Nylander thing. But in terms of, let's, we want Willie back. We want Willie back. I feel like that's really settled down. And there's been reports of, teams calling the Leafs or the Leafs being in contact with other teams but the trade right now really makes no sense whatsoever but do you sit them? do you not think I agree with you because
1: if you trade them right now you're not gonna get you're not gonna get what you would if he was signed like you're just not gonna get a good enough return for the asset it just like, doesn't just make sense
0: like that yeah. the, the team who acquires them has to be willing to pay that number that the Leafs aren't paying right now, which teams can't really afford on their salary cap, no matter how bad they need a scoring winger. Plus... Oh,
1: Carolina. Apparently, Carolina claims that
0: they can. Oh, well, plus the Leafs have to get that asset you're talking about in return. It has to be worth it. You can't yep. just dump a player because the contract's not working out. It's It just doesn't make any sense. I don't think that's going to happen because it's just almost impossible to work out the right deal for the team to sign that contract and for the Leafs to get actual assets in return. And the Leafs can't sign them and then trade them. Like that makes no sense. No whatsoever.
1: No. Well, the like, you're kind of in this place right now where it's like, you're right. Like you're not going to get fair value for him, but do you not think that's sitting him out for the year? Would poison the like? How do you? How is sitting him out for the year and then you're right back here again next year? Like it's good. It's just gonna make it worse. Like clearly, here's the thing: we don't know anything about what's being said behind closed doors in these negotiations. We don't know anything. We've we've heard bits and pieces, but the the narrative that's been pushed is that one side is being unreasonable and it ain't the team and. I went on kind of a, a, a venomous rant last week on Willie and his, his father in particular, who I think is the real problem here. And just like, I don't understand why when you're a young kid like him with the point totals that he has over the last couple of years, why you're not willing to just take the bridge deal and just bet on yourself, especially given the team that you're going to be playing on, the opportunity that you're going to have playing on this team. Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand What's taking so long? Which leads me to point the finger at the father. Like the Leafs are a legit Stanley Cup contender this year. And you and your dad are looking at this and going, no, that doesn't matter. We'll we'll potentially sit out the year unless I get my 8 million or whatever it is that he's asking for. I don't understand the logic. At this point, it's just it's being difficult for the sake of being difficult. Like, yes, you're an athlete you you have every right to go and get your money but at the same time you're a restricted free agent you don't have the hammer the team has the hammer they own your rights at a certain point you just got to look at the hand you're dealt and make the best and they're not it's not like they're going to look at you and say here's 3 million though the contract uh, figure the comparable that's been thrown out there is David Pasternak's contract which I believe is, what is it, Ryan? It's like six? I think it's six like and a half.
0: 6.75 or six and a half. So, which I think is totally fair. 100% fair for a guy who's got 60 points in his first two full years in the NHL. Yeah, that that is fair. That's what you pay for a guy like that or around that number.
1: Like, right, you look at you look at the way Pasternak played against the Leafs the other night. William Nylander's not, not as good. He, no, William, he's not, he's not David seen, Pasternak.
0: No, he's no, not David Pasternak. No, I've
1: never Pasternak. seen Nylander dominate a game the way Pasternak did the other night.
0: And if he has, he's done it maybe on a, a one occasion. David Pasternak is taking over hockey games every single night in the league. So it's just the comparables are so easy to spot it. It's Nick Ehlers, it's David Pasternak, even Johnny Kudrow's in the six million dollar range. And I, I'm i just trying to put myself in Nylander's shoes, which is hard because you mentioned the dad and the dad can be a massive factor. And I know if I was in that position, I would just kind of listen to everything I can, listen to all the advice. But at the end of the day, it's my big boy decision to make. But I'm not William Nylander. And William Nylander has every right to stand up for himself. Him and his agent and his father, they have the right to stand up for themselves and say, no, we believe I'm at this number, not at that number. But if you're looking at why this is happening, it's clearly him just not wanting to be the idiot to take the kind of money they're offering and then watch the two guys ahead of him make.
1: But that's the nature of the league, William and Michael. Like, Morgan Riley is having a career
0: season and look at the look at what he's being paid. in the NHL, it's the classic everyone follows a code. everyone does things a certain way and you would think at some point with what you mentioned earlier about the Leafs being where they're at and where they are at as a team and they have a chance, you would just kind of swallow the pride in a bridge deal. you doesn't have to be, Six years, you could be like, I'll make this money for three years. Right. It's a lot of money. Right. I, I'm not struggling right. for money. And guess what? And you swallow the pride?
1: In those three years, you get to play with Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Nassim Kadri, all three capable centers who are, who will help you reach the point total, total that you want to get to. And then, and, and guess what? You'll contend for cups all three of those years. And if you do, if you put up the points that everyone thinks you're capable of putting up, you can stick the Leafs up and say, pay me 10 or whatever or you can go to carolina and they'll pay you 10 one way or another you'll get your money the leaf fan that you described earlier the frustrated one who's sort of turning on willie i'm going to wear that hat i've i've if he comes back he's going to have to have a really good game to get me to not to stop being a little pissed at him cuz i am a little pissed at him like i think this has reached the point like you've made your point you you value yourself. We all respect how much you value yourself. But at this point, you're just being ridiculous, and you're you're holding this team back from reaching even another level. Like they like they're playing they're playing well right now. They're one point back behind the Lightning without Matthews and Nylander. Imagine where they'd be if they had Matthews and Nylander. They
0: are a worse team without William Nylander in the lineup. And you almost forget that he's supposed to be in the lineup because it hasn't been like that all season. And they're losing that top six. 60 points isn't worth $8 million, but it's worth a lot to a team that is trying to contend for a cup and to win a division. But I've been firm on this. He is not going to play a game in the NHL this season. The trade makes no sense. They're clearly not on the same ground when it comes to a contract offer and all that leads to him sitting out the entire year, which also makes no sense because when he comes back next season, he's in the exact same position he's in right now.
1: Exactly. And now the relationship between him and the team is even more sour. The thing that makes me just want to slam my head against the wall is You're clearly, it's clearly a bit of an ego thing with him and Marner and Matthews. He doesn't want to sign a deal and then have Marner and Matthews going. I think that's, I think that's what it's all about. I think that's what this whole thing's about. Yeah, but get, but guess what? You were never going to be in the same conversation as Matthews. It was never going to happen. At the end of the season, Matthews is the only one of these guys who's going to get handed. Like how much you want, Austin? You want 12? Okay, here's 12. That's basically what's going to happen. So going into this season, He was kind of neck and neck with Marner. I had Marner a little better. I know some people disagree with that, but he was kind of neck and neck with Marner. You sitting out for as long as you have has allowed Mitch Marner to go out and play with John Tavares and be the Leafs' most dynamic forward. Now people are talking about Marner getting paid 10 and you getting paid at 6.5. That's what you sitting out for this amount of time has done, William. Like, it's just... It makes no sense. What this guy is doing makes no sense, and I just, as much as it'll it'll bum me out if he doesn't end up playing, because then the team won't be what we all projected them to be at the beginning of the season. At least on December first, this will be over, and he can, maybe he needs to sit out a year and go play in a K, in the KHL and be like, wow, this sucks. Maybe that's what he needs. But I'm telling you, man, his we again, we have no. No proof of this so we always have to preface it with that but enough experts have talked about it that his father is a huge part of the problem there's no two ways about it because I have to believe that a professional
0: agent at this point is like do you really want to sit out a year right now the Leafs have room on their salary cap and next season when Marner and Matthews they're up All that room is going bye-bye. And then they have even bigger problems than William Nylander. It's almost like William Nylander will be a rear-view mirror problem because we're assuming right now that Mitch Marner is going to get about $10 million, $9 million. And then everyone, who knows what Matthews is going to get. We've heard 13, we've heard 12, we heard 12 and a half. So let's just assume it's 12. I don't really see him getting more than McDavid, but we'll get into that later. And then you have John Tavares, who is currently signed at 11, who was, to me, the catalyst of this William Nylander problem, because when William Nylander was thinking about the cake he was going to get paid, that 11 million wasn't on the Leafs cap. And next season, those three guys combined, if you add those numbers up, you're looking around 30 to 35 million dollars for three players on your hockey team. And you look at the Chicago Blackhawks and look what that's done to their hockey team. Now you're not even looking at William Nylander. You're looking at guys like Kadri and guys like Garner, who's got to go over. Nikita Zaitsev, he signed a seven-year deal. Morgan Riley's not going anywhere. So you're you're looking at serious cap shedding because those three guys are going to take up so much of your cap. And the cap right now is about 79 and a half million. And hopefully that goes up. That's the projection, but that's not always the case. So it's just almost beyond Nylander when it goes into next season. So it makes no sense. They're going to have three guys taking up almost half their cap. Like, I just, it makes no sense. So it.
1: So to bring it full circle, it, it, can they even afford to sign you? Like, there's a lot of people, you and Bob McCowan and John Shannon have, said things like, I don't think like Shannon said the other day that I thought that they weren't able to, the second they signed John Tavares, William Nylander became too expensive. So are we just holding on to like holding on to him to eventually get him to sign for six, six and a half. So you look at it from the leaf side of things, it's like they, they're kind of in a thing where they're just hoping that he eventually wilts and signs for the dollar figure that they want him to sign at. Because, I debated tonight if we want to talk about like potential trade scenarios. I
0: don't want to waste our time doing that. Trading him would be foolish. You're never gonna gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen, man. It's just not gonna happen. It's too crazy. There's too many things that there's too many what ifs for this thing to go through. So, like he's dude, he's sitting out the season. And forget about signing him. Think about signing anyone in the future. Patrick Marlowe still has like six and a half, but he at least he has one year left after this. And Patrick Marlowe's doing a whole hell of a lot of nothing around the ice.
1: No, mm. oh, he Patrick Marlowe's doing a whole hell of a lot of floating around the neutral zone.
0: Yeah. And if you look at their salary cap right now, they've so many guys still on entry level and some cheaper contracts. They're around that they're around 37 million for their forward group combined next year. They're going to have three guys occupying all that space. So what about what about Zach Hyman? He his contract comes up. What if he wants like four and a half or something? Yeah, like see you later, Zachy boy. Like even though he still has a couple years left on his deal, but they're they're gonna have to start throwing guys overboard, man. Like Kadri. like Kadri got in on a good number. Riley got in on a good number. Anyway, let's move on. All these these contracts and numbers. And- yeah, it's an absolute headache, dude. And it and it sucks because the Leafs are the first team that's kind of faced the problem of shedding players for your salary cap without attaining any success. Like we talked about the Kings earlier, at least they want a bunch of cups, man. So same with the Blackhawks. Okay. You have cap problems. Okay, cool. We have three cups. See you later. Pittsburgh, two cups, three cups. Yep. Like it, and you
1: keep, you keep hearing Shani talk about how they want to contend for cups. Not a cup. Cups. Yeah, and him so, coming
0: out and saying we want guys to take hometown discounts and to take cheaper deals. Look at Brady, Tom Brady over in the NFL. This guy continually takes less money than his peers around the league to keep a good team around him. Even though their defense a little suspect right now. But back to hockey, it's the same thing. It, it, it's true though. If I if I'm Brendan Shannon, I'm pushing for that as hard as I can because if you can take if you can get a guy to take a little less than what he would. Tampa Bay is doing it right now. The Lightning are doing it. Kucherov is better than Mitch Marner right now, in my opinion. Maybe not by much. And he produces just as much as Austin Matthews. And he took nine something. And that's huge for them. Even though that the, the tax is different in Florida, I get it. But it's just fitting all these players under the salary cap is so hard. And it's so hard to compete for cups while you're doing it.
1: Let's move on and get out of this. I tried to get us out of that cap discussion, Ryan, and he just pulled me right back in it.
0: Well, it's just, it's so frustrating, man. I just, why why can't we just keep everyone together and have a dynasty? Like, can't happen, though. Sorry. Can't happen. Nope. And if there was no cap, the Leafs would just be the Yankees
1: and pay everyone and We'd win the Stanley Cup every year. All right. We're keeping the show a little shorter this week. Everyone's schedule's thrown off because of this West Coast road trip, so... We're going to put a different spin on bums and beauties this week. We're each going to pick one from like, we're both going to agree on one and sort of talk about that player for a little bit. So Ryan hit the music.
0: It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds.
1: is right it's that time of the week bums and beauties different spin on it we've made a consensus pick in each category i will go first with the beauty nazem kadri two goals last night in his first nine games ryan zero goals in his last nine games seven goals here's a guy who in the absence of austin matthews has been given a bit more ice time and has stepped up his play I, I love Naz. I think Naz is an essential cog in this machine, and I, I I love him. I'm a huge
0: fan. Yeah, Naz is an essential cog, and it's been fun watching this guy just develop before our eyes, but it Naz is just so important. We talked about his number earlier on the cap, big number. Um, he's a beauty. He, he's just, I feel like he's a bit of a leader in the locker room, and You just got to keep on adding to that production, add to that scoring. And that's where Naz is at his best. And when he's playing a little nasty too, like I love when he gets that that fire going, he starts pissing off the other team because he can do that. I feel like I say this every week or I preface
1: with this every week, but nobody gets more irritated with Mike Babcock than me. But Nazem Kadri has flourished under Mike Babcock.
0: Yeah, Nazem Kadri and Morgan Riley. Yeah. Those are two guys... We even yeah. mentioned... Those are
1: two guys that... Though, I think those guys benefited from the first year Babcock was here when they came in last because Babs looked at them as like, okay, here's a couple of guys that are going to be here for the long term. And Jake Gardner as well. You could throw Jake Gardner in there, although Jake
0: Gardner... I don't think he's was, been that great this year. I, I no, think Gardner's yeah. been... But Riley's been all-world, leading the team in points. And and Naz, maybe he, he wants his production to be a little higher, but we all know what Naz brings to the table, so... Kadri is a solid beauty of the week, co-beauty of the week on this edition of the Talking Buds podcast. Ryan, you are going to name the co-bum of the week. The co-bum. Co-bum? Well, the co-bum is hard. Yeah, We have to sit here and, and decide who is the bum of the week. We both Especially have... this week, too, because our schedule's off. It's been a yeah, while between episodes. And I feel like we just got to go with the easy pick, and that's Garrett Sparks kind of unfair at this point because it's small sample size, but it's not only the win and loss record, which he is two and one at the end of the day. Like he can't like at the end of the day, you need your goalie to backup goalie to win games, but I'm calling him a bum or we're calling him a bum because of just how he looks while he's in the net. He just looks so bad. Like he looks just so uncomfortable in there. And until I see him starting to make strides of being more confident in the net, then he's going to struggle a lot in this league and as a backup goalie. So Garrett Sparks, you're the bum of the week, dude.
1: Agreed. Put his foot in his mouth the other night too after the game. He's got to be a little more careful with that. But you know what? Like we said earlier when we talked about him, he's, he's going to get a chance to redeem himself on Friday night against a bad Anaheim team, Randy Carlisle. So let's hope he turns it around in that game. And he should. And he should. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. We're not going to dog the guy. Like you said, small sample size, but come on, Garrett, let's pick it up here. Now, now, since we've done sort of a special edition of Bumps and Beauties, we're going to do a special continued edition of totally unqualified take. We're not going to give new unqualified takes. I think we're going to ride this out and we're going to go with one that we had. I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to think of all the weeks in the past. I'm pretty sure we had it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was two weeks ago, and I said William Nylander will be signed in time to play this season. You said he will not, so I think we're going to roll with that. We talked at length about Nylander earlier, so we don't need to get into it again, but I think we should keep rolling with this until the news breaks of what they're going to do with him.
0: Yep, I've said it all along. You've heard my points. If you've listened to prior episodes... If not, then go catch up on your episodes. Go catch up. Talking Buds Podcast, available anywhere you get
1: your podcasts. Anywhere. Yes. Huge thank you to everyone for downloading the show. We apologize for being late this week. Like I said, our schedules are thrown off with this West Coast road trip. We'll be back again a week from now. Back on our weekly schedule, reviewing the week that was and previewing the week that is. Huge thanks again, everybody, for your patience. We'll see you next week.
0: Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want
1: to live at the Blue Hotel.
0: The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open minded, the pleasure seeker.